take three. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Locked On Guardians. We have runners on first and third currently, with one out in the 10th inning as I'm recording. We have prospects. We have roster moves. We have so much to talk about on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. Hopefully, I'm going to record a walk-off win here. Well, not a walk-off because it's in Minnesota, but a win. You know what I mean. Everyone knows how this works. Uh, we're going to skip the whole video thing because uh, I don't know how to throw that in a live stream. But uh, right now, it is if the Guardians win this one, they will be tied for first place in the division, which is not what anyone expected the case to be at the end of June. Uh, as this mound visit occurs, let's talk about some of the interesting things that occurred today. First off, Oscar Mercado. Acquired for Connor Capel and, oh, Duran was, I think, the, or no, Torres was the young, strong outfielder. I really liked Connor Capel. I was kind of shocked. It was a last-second deal that went through. Uh, Mercado had been a converted infielder, I want to say, before he came to the Guardians. Uh, well, thank you for jumping in, Ryan. But uh, he had been a converted infielder. He hit really well for the Cardinals. He had that great rookie year, but if you listen to the show for a long time, you know I cautioned there was inconsistency, there was streakiness, and that's what we kind of saw. And, you know, last year when he got an opportunity, he actually wasn't bad in a role that, uh, you know, he has to be a platoon bat at best. There's not much more than that. But his defense regressed a bit as well. I honestly think the Guardians might end up trading him. I think there'll be a few teams that try to claim him. I don't think he gets through waivers because center fielders are hard to come by. Bradley Zimmer had minor trade value. Uh, and the team obviously valued uh, Mercado more. Now part of that was right-handed versus left-handed and the way this team was set up where the only right-handed uh, outfield types are Fran Mil Reyes and Oscar Gonzalez. And I, I mean that amongst all of their top like double and triple-A outfielders uh, and maybe even infielders that really have to look at it. But yeah, it's uh, he got a chance to stick around, but they absolutely made the right move. Because he was a worthless platoon partner right now because he's not playing well. But I saw Rays fans and Dodgers fans clamoring for him uh, to potentially be someone who comes. I'll be curious to see what happens, but that was 100% the right move. Uh, Nick Sandlin, people look at ERA. Don't look at ERA. His walk rate, uh, he got out of a lot of jams. He just has no control right now. And come on, Oscar. You know, he got a, Oscar got jammed uh, his last time up. And... You know, we just need a little bit better contact. Of course, we'll get into as I jump into some of the segments. But you know what? I'm going to get myself in trouble. I need to do all the traditional opening things. Today's episode of Locked On uh, is brought to you by, hey, Guardians fans, you're going to love this one. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. Uh, and for those who don't know me, my name is Jeff Ellis. I'm the host of Lockdown Guardians, have been since its inception. Uh, before that, I was a lead prospect and draft analyst over at 24-7, before they got rid of baseball and scout, before they went bankrupt. Before that, I wrote about prospects at Indians Guardian. Indians Guardian? Nope. Indians Prospect and uh, Indians Baseball Insider. Uh, that was where I kind of got my start back in 2007, Right, maybe 2008 is when I started writing there. Um, but yeah, to get back to the roster moves, uh, Sandlin getting sent down is 100% also the right move because uh, any, anything that's expected, oof, Gonzalez, that is, that's a rough swing there at 2 1. That's, 
And that's exactly what, you know, if you are concerned about him, it's things like that. I mean, the, the chase rate, he's kept it down, but I, my, my whole concern, man, he still got a tip on that one. I mean, that's why it was, yeah, it was like, it was a two, two count for him. Uh, but I can't see him striking out less in the big leagues than he did in the minors. You know, that's, he's striking out a lower percentage in the big leagues, which you think there'll be some regression. I'm still, like I said, for him to work, he has to completely go against everything we kind of know to be true. Uh, maybe he does it. Maybe the Guardians just get lucky in that regard, and he's yet another unicorn in this system. Uh, I mean, I called for him to be promoted on that whole thought process, and maybe it works. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it does. Hopefully it works right here. But, uh, yeah, going back to the main thought process, Sandlin walks too many guys. He's too inconsistent. He's just not... He's a guy who struggled with health, and it's like last year he was—he looked like the eighth inning guy. Then he had more health issues, and he just hasn't been the same dude this year. So hopefully he can help. Uh, they can help him get things figured out. Part of the reason, oh man, I thought he—I didn't think he got that one, but he got a nice, uh, nice amount of—he he turned into that hundred mile an hour fastball. Eniel uh, De Los Santos was a minor league free agent, and you know. <laughs> Go scout Philly because they don't develop their own pitchers. But uh, he has been great. I mean, since he was called up during the COVID uh, situation, he has been one of their most reliable pen arms. Uh, in this game, he came in, pitched one and two-thirds innings, gave up a run, but it wasn't necessarily like directly his fault. Uh, you know, it was a walk and three strikeouts, another strong performance. But yeah, looking at this team right now, letting go of Mercado essentially – well, doesn't essentially. They, they now have uh, – 39 players on their 40-man roster. We've talked about the crunch on the 40-man. At the end of the month, they have to make a decision about Corinne Chalk. They have to figure out what they're going to do. He has now had back-to-back decent outings. Uh, the bullpen looks really good. I mean, if you can add him back in, one thinks that you could potentially try to rebound his trade value if you don't feel like you necessarily need him uh, or if he can like get back to where he was. Now, we've yet to see... And effect, oh, well, the one thing you can't do in that situation, Oscar. The one thing you can't do, double play. <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a heartbreaker. But going back to discuss uh, <laughs> what I was before everything went off the rails there, uh, the bullpen is very well set. There's not a whole lot of wiggle in general on this bullpen and what they're doing. And they're going to want five stars. You can only have eight people in your pen. I know they're going to want to keep multiple left-handed relievers in the bullpen. So, like, who do you, who doesn't, who does Karinchok permanently replace right now? You know, like I said, De Los Santos has been great. Your two lefties are right now uh, Anthony Ghost, and it is, um, and I'm blanking on the Henches, the good one who pitched today. And then, I mean, Trevor Steffen has had a nice rebound. He is still pitching well. Brian Shaw has pitched well all year. Uh, obviously class A isn't going anywhere. Morgan isn't going anywhere. It's like, okay, so Anthony Castro is your weak link. So if he comes back, he could fill that spot. But like the rest of this pen is almost solidified to a point where you're like, I I wouldn't mess with any other part in this pen. So you do have one spot for him. But again, there could be the building of trade value with, I mean, almost any, I wouldn't say almost any reliever. You want to keep a lot of the guys who have, you have a lot more control over. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to watch how they do this over the next few weeks. 
with this team. And like I said, Corinne Chalks is going to fill that 40-man spot. This is just a temporary thing while he kind of plays out the end of his 60-man DL rehab. And then they'll have to add him in. But they still have to you know, add back in at some point this season. We're going to have to see them let go of uh, someone for Cody Morris, let go of someone for Carlos Vargas, and I think those are the only two who are currently 60 manned outside of Kurenchok. Yeah, so I mean that means they gotta. There's there's two more spots they have to f- figure out. Castro, we'll see if he sticks around. If it could be somewhere, someone else. It's going to be hard because this roster is already. I mean, my best guess, if you're looking for like the names of the guys who seem most likely to hold, you know, to relinquish a spot. My list would be uh, Yoan Ramirez, who they just claimed, you know, filled that spot when they bought him from Seattle. Uh, Kirk McCarty, who's been a solid up and down type, but uh, the type of guy you risk losing in that situation. And then Tobias Myers, who really has not been very good at all this year um, in AAA. And then Castro would be the next. So those are kind of the names. But again, this is a team that needs to clear some 40-man space. Hopefully they can figure out a trade to get that done. But I agree with all their... Uh, the roster moves today. They made 100% the right moves, the right call to go out and add the players that they added. We're going to take our first commercial break here. And listen, our let me write down my, my handy-dandy timestamp. So our first sponsor today, I want to share a little thing. So it's, let me make sure I get the name right, Sports Card Investor. So what I'm bringing out to show people who are watching the video is I talk about my love of all things draft. I heard about this game from the seventies called pro draft by Parker brothers. And uh, of course I eBayed it because I love all things draft. And why am I bringing this up? Because it didn't come with the original pieces, but in here it said, instead of original pieces, you could replace it with playing cards. So the person I bought it from sent me playing cards to play in the various spots. And thanks to the sports card app, I had no idea. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of cards in there. These five have value. This John Hanna card in the center, it's got, it's not in perfect mint condition, is literally the most expensive card in the Topps 1974 collection. That is a John Hanna rookie card. Until I downloaded and used the app from our sponsor here, Sports Card Investor, I had no idea. I was playing this game with my daughter. I was shuffling... <laughs> these cards like they were you know playing cards and using it uh just to help fill in because you fill in the spots on your roster sports card investor let me know hey i was shuffling away and potentially damaging money i was hurting my own investment thanks to using their easy to use software i was able to look up and find out which cards have value which cards i could remove from the game and which cards are actually players that are, are like i said i i thanks to sports card investor i saved myself some money i would recommend going through it's simple to do you can just type in I, i'm more of a typer than a scanner but it's right there for you to type it in and see what your cards are valued uh, they are always adding more all the time to their app and let me give you the the final official part so you can find out even more about this really fun app like i said i downloaded it i used it i think it's great and Download the Sports Card Investor app today. Available for free in the Google Play and Apple Store, Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. And again, that is something I highly recommend thanks to my own personal experience. You never know what value you might have if you're someone like me who 
you know, I, I got into cards back when they were the loot boxes of my youth. Uh, thank you, Lawrence, for joining us. Uh, but you never knew. I hadn't looked back in so many years, and especially in something like this where it's just a bunch of cards in a box so I could play a game. I had no idea. Thank you, uh, B. Skrills, uh, also for jumping in on here. But, uh, yeah, go check that out. So, okay, we currently have runners on first and second with no outs. Uh, Trevor Steffen, who has been up and down of late, is in this one. Uh, I was doing my ad read there, as a, as a good podcaster does, so I didn't actually see how the base runner reached. I guess I could go click on plays and the thing. I will say, before I get into anything else about this game, I actually loved the lineup today. Major credit to like how things change. I mean, Quan with four hits, getting moved to the top of the lineup. Again, listen, Ahmed is fine. He is a league average player. I don't want league average in the two-hole. That's just me. Listen, I, I look at the advanced stats that say your number two hitter should be your best hitter on your team. I'd love to see a little more shifting of this lineup. But hey, you know, Naylor, great day. And he's sitting there hitting four. Oscar Gonzalez, he, you know, he had one hit. He keeps getting hits. Fran Mill Reyes, uh, the number of people who are just being incendiary about him in this game. Uh, and yeah, he started out 0 for 3 or 3 strikeouts. But I will take that every single day when you hit the two-run go-ahead, or not go-ahead, tying home run to dead center in target field. What a shot by Fran Mill uh, to just really take a game that at that point in time as a watcher of it, I, I was feeling very low. Uh, Eli Morgan, he came in and was a runner on first that Aniel had left in, and then like a double on the first pitch, they come out and scorch it, hanging pitch. Thank you for joining us, Derpy Gaming. Uh, those pauses are always me actually reading all the comments. Um, yeah, it's it's a perfect time to be a believer in this uh, Cleveland Guardians team. And there we go, out number one, Trevor Steffen recording the strikeout. Uh, hopefully we can get out of this one. It is a tough situation. But uh, yeah, so Morgan comes in, hangs it, double, hangs it, home run. It's like Morgan has been, one could argue, their best just pure pitcher this year. Uh, reliever starter, like most dominant pitcher has probably been Eli Morgan. Uh, he just didn't, he, he rebounded from it, but he just did not have it for those two first two hitters. And it's just, that's the guy you want in, in that situation. You don't second guess that at all. That was a hundred percent the right call, but that home, you have the lead and you're like, Oh man, this is your chance to take game one on the road, be in a tie for first place. And instead uh, the home run's given up, and then things are going going sideways. And I no, I mean, listen, I'm a Fran Mel believer. I have been on this podcast talking about how I think he will rebound. You know, he wasn't healthy at the start of the year. We'll see what he can do. Oh, perfect pitch. Perfect, perfect pitch, pitch right there. Um, but none of us expected that home run. And then he just, I mean, the charge out of it. I was jumping out of my seat for that after that home run. I, again, it just... Right now, it stinks because it's like Oscar, if Oscar did anything but put it on the ground there, right now, you know, th this would be a situation to win the game. Oh, man, what a follow-up pitch there. He just made Kepler look silly. Kepler's been, like, probably the biggest Indians killer. Well, 
Well, right now it's, uh, you know, one of the people in chat is asking how it's going. Tie game in the 10th inning, runners on first and second. 0-2 count on Max Kepler. Two perfect pitches to Kepler so far. Uh, I fear Kepler. He always seems to be the guy who kills the Guardians. This is a perfect situation for him. Uh, 5-5 game, uh, bottom of the 10th. But yeah, the game has gone, you know, uh, Josh Naylor home run. Fran Mill Reyes home run. Fran Mill tied it up. Uh, Naylor, I believe, was the go-ahead home run. Jose Ramirez is playing. That's just a pot. I mean, that's a win on the whole day. Uh, with, I mean, I was concerned, you know, natural Cleveland mentality, right? Like you expect he's going to miss time. Nope, he's playing today. He had a double in this one, just the one hit, but still, you'll take the fact that he was healthy enough to get a double. And again, I mean, it's nice that they changed this lineup. And it's kind of crazy, too, where you can look at this lineup right now and say, Again, I don't like Andres Jimenez hitting seventh. That's me. That's my personal view on that. But you can also make a case that one through seven is... At le- and then Kepler struck out by Trevor Steffen. I mean, he just owned Kepler in that at-bat. No way around it. He he dominated him throughout that at-bat. He made him look silly at multiple times. A swinging strikeout high in the zone on Kepler. But you look at this lineup right now. When you go Quan Rosario, Ramirez, Naylor, Gonzalez, Reyes... Jimenez like okay that's seven real hitters like a year ago we had three four at a time you had Bre- the the three outfielders who played the most games or had the most played appearances I should say were Bradley Zimmer Harold Ramirez and Eddie Rosario so oh, another perfect pitch Trevor Steffen this is always my favorite fun fact the Guardians have lost so many great players to the Rule 5 draft. Hector Rondon to the Cubs, Anthony Santander recently to Baltimore. Uh, the list can keep going on and on and on. There's been so many players I should make a list. The best war any player Cleveland has ever acquired in the Rule 5 draft in the entire you know multi-decade history of this thing is 2.5 war. Trevor Steffen has a real chance to be the greatest Rule 5 selection in Guardians history. But right now he is 0-2 uh, on Gary Sanchez, who's been a... A nice rebound for the Twins this year. We'll see if they can uh, he can get out of this one. Fingers crossed. Pitching does win championships. I agree, Derpy Gaming. Uh, the thing with this Guardians team, it's interesting. It's the bullpen is stronger than the starters. I don't know. Like, I think McKenzie and Bieber are front line. I, I think everyone else is kind of more mid to back end. I, this was Aaron Zavale, in fairness, his second best start of the... Oh, what a pitch. Woo! That was strikeout back-to-back strikeouts utterly dominant by uh, Trevor Steffen uh, Griffin Jacks is coming in I want to say he pitched at Navy back in the day he was a starter for the twins a year ago twins are kind of doing what the Guardians did uh, you look at uh, Yarrow Cotton who pitched in this game Griffin Jacks those are a pair of starters turned relievers who've been you know very good for the twins just like Trevor Steffen and Sam Henches were starter turned relievers for Cleveland's pen this year and have been such an important part of this team so we'll see if the guardians can maybe do something here uh we got fran mill jimenez and then Maley up in this game in the uh the 11th for the guardians uh the other thing i want to talk about on today's show we're gonna do a our second sponsor break here always a little bit longer when we stream a show but we're gonna hop in do a second commercial break Come back, talk about this game as it continues to be ongoing, as well as some top minor league performers, some players who have been let go, released, and have retired recently from the minor leagues. 
And our sponsors, we have a pair of dual ones here. So I've talked about Blue Nile many times. They've been a sponsor repeatedly on this show. Blue Nile does fine jewelry, uh, engagement rings, and just, you know, uh, fine jewelry and wedding jewelry is what they are known for. I am not someone who knows a lot about jewelry. Honestly, I go to my wife and would ask her, like, what do you like? (laughs) And she would let me know. But what I have liked when I've gone to look at Blue Nile uh, in the past, you know, as someone, you go and you look at what you're going to talk about so you know about it. It's It doesn't look cookie cutter. Like, sometimes you see those ads for a jewelry company. It all looks the same. It is always the same type of ring. It is the same this. It is the same. Like, they're undistinguishable from each other. That is not Blue Nile. Blue Nile is original. Uh, it is different. It is, if you're going to spend the big chunk of change that jewelry is, we also have you, can save you some money. But you also don't want to get something generic. You want to get something that is going to stand out, something that is memorable. And make your moment sparkle with jewelry from Blue Nile Knocked On Sports. Listeners get $50 off purchases of 500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. And our next sponsor is LinkedIn Jobs. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Hey, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm connected with a bunch of baseball people on there. It's a great way to connect with other business professionals, and baseball uses it. I've seen a lot of connections through LinkedIn. Uh, get a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond of the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Back to game action. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez on second with Fran Mil Reyes up to bat. So I want to talk about some minor league performers. So we did have uh, a pair of DSL releases in David Flores and John Cel Quaves. I was not as familiar with those two because I don't really get into the DSL. Um, Dominican Summer League. Uh, in that also, I believe those players do not affect. There is a limit on how many players you're allowed to have in your minor league system. Uh, those two players uh, would not have counted against that. In terms of players who were released and or retired, uh, Bo Naylor, neither of those, but stick with me here. Bo Naylor was promoted to AAA because Brian Levastida hurt, hurt a leg muscle. I can't remember which leg muscle. So they promoted Bo Naylor, knocked down Mike Rivera, I'm going to cough. I'm going to back away from the mic. <laughs> Mike Rivera was like a 6th, 7th round pick at the University of Florida. He caught a lot of pro prospects there. He was the best defensive catcher in that draft. You're kind of hoping maybe like Roberto Perez, you get him in your system and you can find more, especially because there's the golden sombrero for Fran Mill Reyes. But it's okay. The home run means that you take the golden sombrero tonight. But Florida's developmental program has been kind of up and down, uh, very inconsistent, and you hoped for more for Rivera. Apparently, when he got demoted, he decided to retire instead. So he is leaving the system. Uh, they did, the same day they announced that he was being sent down, they released Ben Krauth, who was, I want to say he was a day, well, he might have been a day three pick out of Kansas. Uh, missed a ton of bats in low A, but just the classic case of 
you don't want you, you need to look at age relative to level and also know like the importance of command uh, as he moved up the performance was never as strong and they got to clear spots like that clears two spots but with the draft upcoming uh in what three weeks they're gonna add a lot of players to their minors there's gonna be a lot because there's they're already at the max where they were before these releases so there's gonna be some things to move around um and that's just you know what happens in these situations uh, there's a bunch of transferring occurring of, of other players kind of the general moving around but the other thing I wanted to point out is there were some players of the week in the minor leagues. Uh, Logan Allen, who had come back from injury, and he was the Eastern League Pitcher of the Week. Logan Allen, the younger, as I like to call him. Uh, and Pedro Almanzar was the Dominican Summer League Pitcher of the Week. Will Brennan got named the Player of the Month for the Columbus Clippers. All he did uh, in that month was, I believe, hit close to 500. Great story. Another guy, Kansas State two-way guy, pitcher, left-handed pitcher and an outfielder. He has really come along. He is like the Stephen Kwan of the minors this year. Just keep that in mind in terms of performance, on-base ability, playing multiple spots, not striking out a lot. Ooh, get in. That's going to drop. That's going to score a run. Andres Jimenez. Jimenez, I know I get all the names wrong, uh, but that is a 6-5 to five game. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it together. Classe is going to be warming up. Andres delivers, right? Like, outside of Jose, is there honestly anyone you'd rather have up in these situations? Andres always seems to deliver in the clutch situation. Bloop single between the second baseman and the center fielder. Oscar Gonzalez has good wheels, gets from second to home. The single gets that run across. Guardians with a chance to win this game and be tied for first in the division. I, I just, uh, I mean, O'Neill Cruz, I mean, I'd rather ha- have him. I, I don't know if I'd rather have him than Andres Jimenez. Love you, Ethan. Uh, thanks for hopping in, dude. But uh, I, I understand the Pirates... What I love about O'Neill Cruz is he shouldn't work. Like again, you know, I talked about why Oscar Gonzalez shouldn't work. Six, seven shortstops just don't happen uh, at all. And I, I mean, I was the guy because I always look at what's the typical, and I look at someone like him, and I kept waiting for him to fail. And yeah, I'll end up being wrong, but uh, I always love the outlier, even though the outlier always makes me look stupid in the end. But yeah, just uh, going back to top minor league performers for Cleveland. Uh, I thought there was two more guys I wanted to talk about. One, Carlos Vargas. Oh, man, he wasn't. He was on the 60-day disabled list. So when I was talking about players, Cody Morris. No, he was one of the three. I did mention him. He is at some point in the next. What they got? Third. He was activated June 19th. So they have till July 19th. They can have him, I believe, on a 30. Maybe it's only 20-day rehab assignment. Even though he's never pitched in the big leagues. He came out in his first game back after missing all of last year due to Tommy John and was hitting 98-99, has a plus-plus slider. I've been saying it, you know, for a long time. I was saying Eli Morgan's got this, like, good fastball, but an amazing change. Just put him in the pen and fast-track him. Vargas is still just a two-pitch guy. It's a, Both of those are potentially 70-grade pitches. <clears throat> Uh, so I think for me, I'll get into these questions in the chat here, uh, in a second, but I think like 
pay attention to Carlos Vargas. He's already on the 40 man. He is filthy. Arguably has, you know, it's hard to say it was the best fastball in their mind. It's like, you know, you go to make that statement. And like, then there's Gavin Williams, Daniel Spino. Vargas has a top five fastball in the system and his slider might be the best. Um, it's certainly up there with his Spinos, but either way, like he is another potential bullpen weapon. And that's why like, I, I am totally up there if you can end up trading someone like Krenchok, if you can call him, bring him back, and he can reestablish a value. Teams need relievers. I'm, uh, where does Owen Miller fit in this lineup? Shroom, it's good to see you back. I haven't seen you in the um, comments in a while first. Second off, I think he should be at least a platoon partner for Josh Naylor. I talked about this at the show on Monday. Look at Josh Naylor's runs create a plus. He's got a 160 versus righties for his career and a 79 versus lefties. Owen Miller has a 115 this year against lefties, a 100 against righties. He should at least be his platoon partner. I love Josh Naylor. Love, love, love everything he's done this year. He's another person I totally flubbed it and missed it on. He should play at least every day as a platoon partner. And I think you could expand that role out. So if you want to play versus lefties, then... Listen, I don't want Andres Jimenez, Jimenez. I don't want, I'm just going to call him Andres because here's what happens. I get a name wrong in my head and then I, I, I can't remember the correct one and I go back and forth. Uh, someone recently, again, commented on my pronunciation issues. So I get over, uh, you know, I overcompensate for it. For instance, my daughter has a Beauty and the Beast book and I go between Philip and Philippe. But uh, I mean, I agree with you, Shroom. Uh, I would trade Rosario and put Miller at second and, and, and Andres at short. I, I agree hundred um, percent. I would also consider a crazy platoon where again, he plays first base versus lefties plays second base against righties. You trade Rosario and bring up someone like, uh, you know, Gabriel Arias and have Arias as part of a, plat- I mean, the problem is, like, it's not like that really helps the platoon. But it's like Miller has been decent this year against lefties. But uh, this is all because I do think Naylor would be best if we could find him a platoon friend. Uh, but right now, he's kind of stuck in that first base. And he'll have that, and then they threw it away. But not enough to advance uh, to second base for Andres. He, Jimenez, okay. Jimenez, or he, me, menez. Like I said, I get very sensitive about the pronunciation thing because I do it wrong and I know I do it wrong, but it's the whole ADD dyslexic thing. And like, I, I will say something right for a while and then I'll start saying the wrong one. And then you'll hear me in a podcast actually go back and forth uh, with the same player's name. But thank you, Ethan, for that. No, I mean, I think this is exactly the type of fun game to watch because A, it's extras ooh, walk right there uh for luke mailey mailey's been struggling a bit of late with the bat what is interesting in this indians catcher situation and i'm going long but hey it's a stream uh no one seems to complain and uh the long ones i've been averaging close to 300 views so we're gonna we're gonna go long again today i don't know if anyone else has noticed this hedges is still framing at an elite rate absolutely a fantastic pitch framer but he was traditionally someone who threw out about 40% of base runners. It's down like at 20, maybe even below 20. He had a rough weekend. I'm not sure what's up with that. I'm not sure why he's all of a sudden not as effective. 
Uh, Maley did throw some out in this game. He might actually have the better arm. All of this is still for me to say. Luke Maley and Wilson Contreras have the same uh, framing data numbers on Baseball Savant. Let's let's go get that trade done. Bo Naylor has the highest runs created plus in the minor leagues amongst Guardians prospects. He is absolutely going to be ready to go in a year, maybe even ready to go this year. That's essentially the question. If the front office thinks he's ready to go, uh, and that is the glaring hole on this team, it is the biggest need as catcher because they have, you know, Hedges is hitting like Mike Hampton back in my day. Uh, I don't know how many people remember him from the Atlanta and then Colorado Rockies era. Like he was the best. Uh, so Nolan Jones can't hit lefties at all. Um, probably never will. So he can't be the guy to call up to platoon with, um, with Naylor. He'll probably be even worse of a case. Like he, he, he is the guy who needs a cat. He needs a caddy maybe more than, than, um, than Naylor. <laughs> Excuse me. This is what happened. You talk for almost 40 minutes. Ty Freeman. I don't know exactly about his splits in the minors. I mean, he potentially could be that guy and like, yeah, I mean, I was the low man on Freeman. I'm still not necessarily someone who loves that profile. But what he's doing in AAA, you can't necessarily look past. And the the big thing for him this year is he's definitely, I mean, he's, okay, so in 41 games, it's that it's amazing. He's played in exactly the same number of games last year as this year. We forget kind of how much time he missed with injury. Uh, that was unfortunate there. Four straw with the strikeout looking uh but because that injury he only played in 41 games in 41 games last year he had eight walks he had he's got 15 this year his career high in a season is 26 it looks like he'll race past that uh his career high for home runs in a year was three he's already at three some of that is playing in columbus oh my thoughts on those prospects um i'm gonna cough let me get a drink here it's a problem with going <clears throat> I love Nolan Jones. I have for a while. I think he's a 35 home run guy. I think he he is. There's a lot of Russell Brannion vibe to him. Uh, Russell Brannion is a baseball player, not as a creepy stalker. Always have to put that out there. I I think he'll walk a lot. He's he's starting to take the ball the other way. They have worked with him. It's if you're watching him this year, like I am more excited by him than I have been in a few years. He's hitting the ball the other way. He's using the whole field. He's striking out less. The power is undeniable. When that guy gets it, he gets it. I, he could hit, be a 30 home run guy for me. He's going to be a low average. I don't think he'll ever hit even 260, but he should walk like something like 12% of the time, probably strike out close to 30. You know, if you really want to be kind of negative, maybe the comp is Mark Reynolds. Um, but I mean, Mark Reynolds lasted for a while in this league, and he's still got one of the five best wars of any hitter from the University of Virginia. That's, uh, yeah, that's just for you, Aaron. Uh, Ty Freeman, he has, I'm not going to quite buy into the power this year because that Columbus Park is a poop show, to put it nicely. It is poorly designed for anything other than hitting. It's great for entertainment. It's a beautiful park. It's a wonderful place to watch baseball. It is a miserable place to find parking. At least it was the last time I tried to attend a game there. And it's just, it's not, it makes it hard to evaluate anyone. But Freeman, again, seems to have really taken the coaching this offseason. This front office, and not even the front office, this coaching staff in the minors is doing amazing work right now. For so long, they could not, I mean, 
I've talked about how many times on the show. Five highest war outfielders since Manny Ramirez was drafted in 1991. Luke Scott. Ryan Church. Joe Inglett, because he was an outfielder at uh, uh, Nevada School. Tyler Naquin. And I believe uh, it's not Bradley Zimmer. It, it'll be Stephen Kwan soon, but there's someone I'm forgetting on that list. But still, that's that's what we're talking about. And this is a team that one year, one year, they drafted Tyler Naquin in 2012, Zimmer in 2013, Pappy that same year. Uh, then they came back and took Clint Frazier, or no, was it Naquin, Frazier, Zimmer, Pappy. They didn't have a first rounder the next year, and they took Quentin Holmes. Like They were drafting only outfielders with their top pick for a while there and had almost nothing to show for it. Um, Sizemore, what about Grady? I, I love Grady. Grady is one of the great what-ifs in Indians history. Um, he was, oh, he wasn't drafted and developed. He was part of the Cliff Lee trade. So he was the, it was, they got, not Cliff Lee, uh, Bartolo Colon deal. They got uh, Lee Stevens, Grady Sizemore, Brandon Phillips, and Cliff Lee. So what, all three of them went on to be all-stars. That's why it's like one of the great uh, fleecings in Guardians history. It's going to be hard to top that just in terms of uh, what they got. Because again, if Sizemore, if you go and you look at Grady Sizemore's baseball uh, reference data, it's before his injury, his most common comps by age are Duke Snyder and Barry Bonds. Grady Sizemore as a hitter and Brandon Webb is a pitcher are my two great, like, what ifs. I mean, both of them essentially had their careers end when it was supposed to be their prime. Well, they don't get any more cross in this one, unfortunately, but uh, they got one run heading to the bottom of the 11th, 6 5. Manuel Classe, I assume, will be the, uh, the pitcher. I mean, it's a safe situation <laughs> against your. You know, the team in first place, it's going to be class A, but uh, can't say for sure, I guess. Um, again, I have the volume down, so I don't know who's in the pen. Coming up for the Twins in this one, I haven't updated the data, but we're going to keep going till it ends. <laughs> I can't, so I'm behind. Uh... Yeah, Hammy's always fun to listen to. I still appreciate his calls. Um, recently, I have been listening to the opposing team's streams uh, just to kind of see what they're saying, doing, and uh, their talk. I always appreciate uh, kind of getting an outside view. It's always good to hear uh, when it comes to all of this. I was going to see if there's anything else I missed prospect-wise. I feel like I had something else I wanted to talk about. I talked about Carlos Vargas. Yes, I did forget something. So... Well, I got this time between innings. Here's a fun fact. So we know the Clevenger trade is trying to be the Bartolo Colon deal take two. I just talked about like the amazing return. It's like a Cy Young pitcher, a guy who was on a Hall of Fame pace before freak injuries, and a multi-time all-star second baseman for Bartolo Colon. Clevenger trade. Obviously, Owen Miller has been an important player this year. Josh Naylor has been an important player this year. Kyle Quantrell has been an important player this year. Austin Hedges has been an important player this year. Uh, Gabriel Arias might be the shortstop of the future. He's been hurt. The forgotten man, though if you listen to the show, I don't let you forget about him, is Joey Cantillo. How about so far this year, in double A, he has allowed a hard hit ball in 9% of his at-bats. 
That is the lowest rate in double or triple A this year among pitchers 24 or younger. Number two, Graham Ashcroft is now in the big leagues with the Reds, but the slowest hard hit percentage of any pitcher in the upper minors who is 24 or younger belongs to Joey Cantillo, who would have been left unprotected in the Rule 5 draft. Again, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I was like, he's gone. Someone's going to take him. Uh, Guardians are very lucky in that regard. Yeah, uh, I am very happy. I mean, for Trevor, Steph- Trevor, right? For Stefan, it's back-to-back great performances. Uh, so I am, uh, hopefully he's back to where he was when he looked like the eighth inning guy. And again, you don't really want to have the eighth inning guy. I think with this team, with the way it's set up, like if you're facing mostly, mostly lefties, then you put Henches. If you're facing mostly righties, you go Stefan. Both of them have been utterly fantastic this year. And let's see, Johnsky Noel, or not Johnsky, John, Joe Kenzie Noel. I didn't like adding him. And that's not a knock on Noel. It's more the fact that I went back 15 years and no corner infielder, no first baseman or third baseman who played in the below high A, so played in low A or lower, have been selected in a Rule 5 draft. And... No, I kind of want Rule 5 to get canceled again as well because it's not like this gets any easier. Uh, Andrew... I have no chance of getting his name right if I don't have it like playing in front of me. Andrew Misiakis, like what he has done statistically this year. Tim Heron, Aaron Pinto. Who's the other guy I talked about? In that, uh, uh, Miklo Jack. Miklo Jack probably gets called up at some point this year as well. It's like that, that's just a great group of pitchers. Then you got to figure out like Batonfield, Cantillo. I mean, Hunter Gaddis, I didn't see what he did tonight. I'm going to look it up after the show. But they have all of these really interesting... There's no way they can protect everyone. That's why they have to make a trade. But when it comes to Noel, I just didn't like protecting him because he's so far away. Uh, there's Yeah, he put up absolutely sick numbers, but I'm the guy who... I doubt low-A numbers. Like, I'm never going to fully buy in. Uh, I've just had too much experience with guys looking really good. And this year, he's been solid, but he's not the same guy of a year ago. And... Like, if he put up these numbers last year in high A, a 223 batting average, a 291 on base, a 521 slugging, an 812 OPS. Yeah, he has 18 home runs. He's clobbering the ball. He's going to hit 30 home runs in lower minors. I don't think he gets selected. I don't think they put him on the 40, man. So they're kind of stuck in a weird situation with him. So we'll see. Emmanuel Classe, there we go. Out number one, right? Unless I'm four pitches to get the strike out there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm Noel could prove me wrong. He could be the next, he could be a 40 home run guy in the future for the guardians. He's just so far away. He's not the type of guy I'm going to protect in any situation. Cause I just, again, no player in the last 15 years with his set of dimensions in terms of playing on the corners, being where he was, had played in the big leagues or played in the big leagues had been selected. Okay, so I'll try not to ruin it to those listening on the radio. 101 inside, but boom, out number two. I assume, yeah, runner advances, but no longer a sack situation. Let's see if they... It sounded filthier than I meant it to mean. Um, this is... I, so honestly, to the chat here, all, all eight of you, did you think... 
there was any chance this team could be competing for first by the end of June. I, I mean, I was at, when we did our round tables and I was talking about them, like winning like 85, 88 games, I think was what I said, you know, between that amount, I, I wish I was more, um, more knowledgeable of all things gambling. Uh, I know I do a ton of bad reads for it, but it's, Oh, come on. No, no, no. And it's not up against the wall. Quan catches it. Uh, Jose Miranda took that as deep as one could take it without it going out. And the guardians are now in first place. But yeah, I, uh, I thought, I thought there was no way. I didn't know that they were projected to be a 78 win team. And this has been so much fun. I want to thank everyone who jumped into the show today. Uh, if you're watching at home, 45 minutes. Uh, you know, it's never as clean when it is a stream. That's just that's going to be the motto of this. But uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the stream of the now first place Guardians. Uh, I'm going to end this here in about another minute or two unless there's any more questions. And get it all uploaded and ready to go for tomorrow. Stephen Kwan... And first place. It's a nice feeling. This is a fun team. It is a team on the rise. Who is their free agent at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, it, like, so they at the end of this year, your only free agents are what? Maley, Shaw, and Hedges. In their ascending, it's like what I talk about on every single podcast when someone asks me to come on and talk about the Guardians. They're doing this with none of the big prospects hitting yet. Like, their studs are still down in the minors. There's next stream, like, the, the potential blue chip, the potential, like, four to five win guys. I mean, Quan, some people had him as a top 100, some people did not. He could be a four to five win guy. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm crapping on him here. But, like, those big name prospects, we haven't gotten those. Espino. Williams, Nolan Jones, George Valera, Brian Rocchio. I, Gabriel Arias for me was like a, a top five guy. He wasn't for everyone. But, I mean, he got hurt. We haven't even had a chance to really see him. Like, this is a team. They had it all on the Twins tonight. I see that because Savali hadn't been great before his injury. I See, I need to learn about betting. I, I honestly do. Maybe this isn't the, the thing to say, but it's like, 78 wins. I would totally like put a few bucks on that if I knew what I was doing. I just didn't know what I was doing. But yeah, it's people were unfair to this team, in my opinion. And again, I, you can go back and listen to the roundtable we posted. Was I was like, they got better. Did they get hugely better? No, but they didn't get worse. Like just taking away at bats from dudes like Harold Ramirez and Bradley Zimmer was going to be a huge difference. It is such a fun team, though. And it's just going to get more fun. Like, we think this is fun now. I talked about Carlos Vargas, who's hitting 100 miles an hour. Well, one pitch at 100, and it was a ball outside. But he's hitting 98 with a 70-grade slider. You might see him in the big leagues this year. I know Daniel Espino hasn't pitched since, what, like May 7th? And there's right now no timetable for his return. Uh, From what I understand, he's still out in Arizona seeing how his knee feels, which is kind of a terrifying thing to think about. But it's like, if Espino comes back, imagine adding him to this bullpen at the end run. It's like... If you had a Spino to Class A, I mean, I'm laughing because it's like, if you know enough about the minors. Oh, good to know. Thank you, B-Skrills. Good information there. 
if you know enough about the miners to know about Espino, the thought of like having Stefan and Henches as your seventh inning guys, depending if it's a righty or lefty, then you got Espino, then you got a Class A. I doesn't. I mean, it, it just to me that sounds like so much fun. Like that, and that's where this team is setting up for. There's so many interesting guys. We're gonna see Nolan Jones. We're gonna see hopefully if he if he doesn't get hurt, Daniel Espino. Um. Maybe we see George Valera. Like he's are, these guys are all Tyler Freeman. They're all already on the forty man, and none of them have had a chance to make an impact yet. Uh, again, I am one hundred percent of belief. I will say about Corinne Chalk, his last two um, relief appearances in AAA have both looked excellent. It's only two. I agree, though. I don't know if he can pitch without the sticky stuff. There is a distinct correlation. I, I didn't think the bullpen would be this good this year at all. I mean, I thought Trevor Steffen showed enough, but I didn't think he would ascend to this level where when he is on, he is the best right-handed reliever since peak Karen Chalk, not counting Class A, like the best right-handed relief uh, setup man. He's been, you know, what's what's all-star level for a reliever? I don't know. Like he's been a top 15 in baseball reliever when he is on. Henches, I was calling for to be released all offseason, so I don't know anything. But moving him to the pen, who's been such a big change. Change. Uh, Shaw, I feel like at some point the wheels will come off like did a year ago. I don't know. But yeah, just right now, with Jock, he's had two good uh, relief appearances. Next week, they have to add him to the 40-man. He's got two or three options left, though, so they don't have to promote him to the big league squad. He can stay in AAA. Uh, they do have, you know, early in the show, I don't know if you were in the stream, uh, Shroom, I kind of, for those who are already listening, you're like, you already talked about this. You look at that bullpen, Anthony Castro is the only weak spot. Uh, so, you know, who's the, but and, and that's the fun of it, right? Nick Miklojak is down there, and he is the top relief prospect in system. He's in AAA. You have to add him at the end of the year, so he could pitch this year. Carlos Vargas is already on the 40-man uh, Daniel Espino needs to be added at the end of the year to the 40-man. I mean, Hunter Gaddis is a huge dude. I mean, when I had him on the show, he's, what do you say, six foot six, and he's up to 260 now. But he's got the best change. He's He's got high Eli Morgan vibes. They are diametrically different bodies, but in terms of stuff and mix, uh, I think he could be a guy that you put him in the pen and it all plays up well. The bullpen is so good. They have so many options, and then they have just guys who are top-end statistical performers. And even the guys they're letting go. Like, Kyle Nelson's pitching really well for the Diamondbacks, if you go check that out. But, I let's see, what am I at time-wise? I'm sure this has gone uh, off the rails if I'm looking at uh, my recording on it. Yeah, it's a fun outfield, and that's the thing. Like, right now it's like, Richie was a second baseman from Townsend who, it, you know, this is my brag point. I, you know, as a, someone who did a lot of draft stuff, I actually mocked him to the Indians in the third round of the year. Or the, well, they were the Indians then, the year they drafted him. So I got that right. But here's a guy who didn't play in 2019 due to injury, came from a small baseball program in Townsend, gets drafted, has a really good early performance numbers, gets hurt, 2020 everyone's lost. Essentially, the guy doesn't play for two years, gets thrown into double A, and just takes off running. Even if he's like a super sub or utility type, uh, I think there's incredible value. 
Quan, I mean, his defense is so good that, like, even when he's having some down stretches, he's going to present value to the team. And Oscar, you just want him to be successful because they don't have any other other right-handed options. And I agree, Hunter Gaddis is really interesting, and he doesn't get the talk because, yeah, like, Logan Allen is a better prospect, and Tanner Burns is a first-round pick, and Daniel Espino is arguably the best right-handed pitching prospect. <laughs> I've been talking for an hour. I apologize. In baseball, before he, he got hurt, you know, added some concerns. So Hunter Gaddis didn't get the run of some of those other guys. And Joey Cantillo is, you know, a lefty who's having this huge bounce back year. But when you look at what Hunter Gaddis has done and you look at his pitch mix, yeah, a relief guy, he absolutely could be. It's, Guardians are in first place. They're the youngest team in baseball for the second year in a row. They're getting new ownership that is going to get, what, a 30%, 20 to 30% um, right out of the gate of the team with a chance in the next six years, and I think they will. And that is an ownership group that has embraced analytics and um, value of good management with the Philadelphia 76ers. So you have the youngest team in the league with the most top 100 prospects, one of the deepest minor leagues in baseball, one of the best coaching staffs in baseball, one of the most advanced thought processes in terms of development and identifying, you know, skills and talents and how to, you know, Tanner Bibby pitched tonight. Tanner Bibby added seven miles an hour, six miles an hour in the less than a year since the Guardians drafted him because they, they just know. Like, they can look at and know how to get more out of guys. This is a team that's ascending, and it's just going to get better and better. Barring some, like, unforeseen injury, something like that, everything is turning right for this franchise right now. And we talked about, you know, they have the most prospects in the top 100. They have the youngest team in baseball. By the way, they also have two first-round picks this year. And again, that means those are players that are far away, but that means you're still building that pipeline, right? So while these, we're talking about that, you know, Freeman and Valera and Jones and Espino are all going to help in the next year or two, we got two first-rounders to keep adding into the mix. And you've got the, your ability to keep developing. And again, you know, Tanner Bibby, like I said, I talked about, was a fifth or sixth rounder who they just they added velocity. Trent Denholm was a day three guy who they added velocity to, and he's a more interesting prospect. It's it's only going to get better. Like it is a fun time to be a Guardians fan, but just like enjoy this time because we're <laughs> this is this is the start. This is step one. This isn't like a team at step three who's first in the division. So with Straw, I feel like he's pressing right now. Um, you know, he, I always thought he was going to be like a below average bat. I always thought like on a good team, he bats ninth. The defense is enough there to be valuable. He's also like one of the best glue, glue, glue guys. He's one of Jose's best friends. Like it's, and you're probably going to trade Jose's other best friend in a med. So it's good to have one of them there. Uh, and center fielders are always incredibly valuable. I think he'll figure it out. I don't think he's ever going to be like as good as he was for the second half of last year. That felt like a bit of an aberration. I think he'll be fine long-term. Uh, I think he is pressing. I think it's good to move him down in the lineup. But yeah, just my, my final thought with this Guardians team is some people are going to think, oh, hey, you know, they re-signed Jose. They're tied for first in the division. They're like here on their steps. No, they're here. They are still at the very bottom step. This is a team that's just starting to rise. And yeah, no, I mean, Tristan McKenzie 
has been their most consistent pitcher this year. This is a chance to win the series. Now, the downside is the Twins also have their most consistent pitcher on the round in Sonny Gray. So it's, it is definitely Aces showing off. And then Thursday, I mean, who knows? <laughs> Smelter, the Guardians have absolutely rocked. In other days, he has dominated them. Plesak has had four quality starts in a row. I don't know if they counted his quality starts. He's had four of his best starts in a row, but there are concerns with him. I want to thank everyone who listened to this hour podcast. Uh, I know it was a fun time for Guardians fans. I mean, come on. We saw this team take over first place in this podcast. Remember to rate and review Download Daily. Subscribe to the podcast. I appreciate all the comments. Those help. Uh, Monday's show got over 500 views. It was one of our five most successful shows of all time. So I want to thank you to everyone who helped make that show great. And, uh, you know, thank you to the fans. 95% of my interactions on here are positive, and almost no other show can say that on the Locked On Network. So, <laughs> Platinum Go, please, Zach. I hope so. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to say again, Guardians fans, not only do we have a great ascending team, it's just great people. Most of the other podcasts have to deal with stuff I don't have to deal with. So just thank you. First place, Guardians. And as I end my shows, go, go, Guardians, go.